Hey, hey, this is Soma79 with a special announcement. My new Mega Mix is up. My MSD Mega Mix Oxidation Moons Day is now available. Go to www.soma79.com slash doom to check it out. It's a 30-minute mix that I did of MF Doom raps over my own beats. I really enjoy it. I hope you really enjoy it. So check it out. Tell a friend. Peace. Hey, hey, welcome to the newest episode of the Articulate Ox Podcast. I am your host, Soma79. Thank you so, 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 so much for joining me. Uh, this episode I'm very excited about. I interviewed Jody Royak, who is a uh, he's an artist. You can check out his stuff online, Royak Studios. But he's so much more than that. Uh, he is was a former professional skateboarder, featured in Thrasher Magazine. Um, he knew a bunch of the greats. He's got a lot of great stories. I could have talked to him forever. Um, his art is super beautiful. I'll put it throughout the episode and you can check it out. Um, track him down at Royak Studios. Very interesting, very humble, very kind guy. And I'm so glad that he took the time to sit down here and talk to me today and um, share his work with you all. So thank you very much, Jody. Everybody check out his stuff and have a great day. Peace. Flip manuscripts Cause her man went from damaged kid To damn he's rich But she still can't stand The way he manages To never put nickels in the can For the cancer kids Plus he cheats at cornhole And rags that he won So she lost interest Like porno after she comes My DM started jingling Baby as it was done Two seconds later I can hear the snapping of her gums She calls me half Dodge Challenger Half Lip Gallagher Hey, hey, welcome to the newest episode of the Articulate Ox Podcast. I am your host, Soma79. Thank you for joining me. My guest today is uh, artist, crafts, artistic craftsman, Jody Royak. How are you doing today, Jody? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, thank you so much for being on. I've been a fan of your work for a long time. Uh, what you do is so bold and beautiful and just so like, it's just, it has this attention to detail that I always envy in other artists. I just, no matter how much I've tried, I just don't have that. I don't have that the steady enough hand. So it, it seems like magic where someone else does it. So, oh, wow. Thank you so much, man. Thanks for having me. No problem. Um, I'm actually, I got a couple of your pieces right here. I might as well just show these. Um, oh, uh, the Lighthouse of Doom. Yeah. The light, this is, um, it's like, a, it's like a, um, explain to me what you're doing here. And sorry for the glare. I didn't really think that part ahead. Uh, what I did is I would find paintings at thrift stores and then in my mind, some of them, I knew what I wanted to put there. When I saw this one, I knew I wanted to paint doom on this uh, beach scene with a lighthouse. Yeah. And so that's part of the fun is walking through, seeing things and going from memory, what I have in my mind, what I could think I could do and seeing how it'll turn out. And that one turned out pretty good. Yeah. 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 And I got a second one here too, that you did of, um, one that I don't have that I really like that I saw today on your website is the the one of uh burger no the, the Bob's Burgers kid the burger squash oh beef squash that beef squash is what it was that was hilarious <laughs> yeah, a, I didn't see the one that's before. a fun one yeah we got Thor yeah. here uh, battling the character whose name I forget the destroyer destroyer yes yeah so. that's from a from a Thor cover and when I saw that one I knew that that uh with the Parthenon in the background that was the painting that Thor and the destroyer would just go so perfect on that uh, old canvas. Can you believe somebody would just get rid of a beautiful painting of the Parthenon like that? 
Dude, you wouldn't believe the stuff that I find. Oh, um, it blows me. There is, I saw this special that I would love to check out. It was about a guy who lives in New York and he was a garbage collector for 30 years. He has a little museum of everything people have thrown away in the trash. I can imagine. I mean, dude, dude, baseball signed by Babe Ruth. <laughs> I mean, original paintings. The suit for the Cowardly Lion on Wizard of Oz was found in the trash wow. on the street in New York. That's insane. Yeah. I can't imagine the stuff that that guy has in his collection. There's a, in like Wellesley, Mass, which is not far from where I, where I grew up. Is It's a pretty affluent area. It's where like a lot of the Celtics players and stuff live and like a bunch of yeah. rich people. But like their dump there is known to be a place you can go and get like, I know a guy that got a couple of awesome like projectors and it's like people just go, there's like a whole like place there where people just leave off this like stuff. There's nothing wrong with it. They just don't want it anymore. And it's just like the only way to get rid of it. It's like, Dump culture is uh, coming up, I guess. No no thrift stores to give it to? I think some of these people just can't be friggin' bothered. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. They're in, but... Yeah, they're a different percent than me. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, me too. Yeah, yeah. You got a uh, lot of cool art in the background, man. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm trying to get most of these artists on. Actually, one of them too made me think of you, the guy who I'm interviewing later this week who did um, this Dan Housen piece. Uh, oh, nice. that when I, the day I got to meet Dan House and this was the piece that they were selling and I got him to sign it and that was one of the ways I came um, across you is I'm a big fan of Dan House and his professional wrestler who's just taking on a life of his own just because his own yeah. like and I remember I was watching one of his unboxing videos and he opened up one of your prints and I was like there he is <laughs> and he gave you a shout out um, yeah very cool man have you done any pieces for with him or uh, we have some stuff we've been talking about some things. Um, I was blown away. I mean, the messages I get from people and the response that my artwork has created blows me away. Like, you know, he wrote me and he wanted to order a piece. And I'm like, wait, what? Really? And uh, so, I mean, I've gotten to know him. When I saw him at Comic-Con, he saw me and he goes, hey, <laughs> I'm like, hey, what's up, man? <laughs> oh, my God. He's the and, best. Uh, He's an example of somebody who really, like, has just found something, a really cool niche. And he, and it's just, it's awesome. Like he can do so yeah, much cool oh stuff with it. And he just he seems is, like the nicest guy. He's so nice in person. I mean, he does this thing. He's very well marketing himself, but in person, oh my gosh, what a wonderful human, man. So I was yeah. so stoked to meet him. That's awesome. Um. So, so how, so how, how long did it take? I know you're a full-time artist now. How long was that process of happening? A lot of people, you know, forever. watching this. Are, <laughs> yeah, forever. I to say, like it's, it is a process. The the biggest thing of it, though, is I think the dedication to it is I wasn't trying to be full time. Uh, well, I mean, I wanted to, but I wasn't putting in the effort. Mm -hmm. And one thing I talk to most people about artwork and I say the word work is part of it because it's a lot of work, you know. And what's nice now is the benefit of social media is you can get your art seen in front of so many more people. Yeah. And to totally take a thing from uh, Gary Vee is like it all comes down to attention you want attention you want people to see your work and you know for a long time i was sitting there you know i wasn't didn't even have a thousand followers i just trying to kept putting stuff out but i wasn't finding my my lane you know um and but when i finally did my first cutout piece then that's what changed everything and that got a lot of attention and you know, it was the first time I sold a piece on Instagram and someone goes, hey, you know, hey, and like I didn't even say what it was. And he goes, that's Dr. Doom. I want it. 
and I was yeah. like, whoa. And I mean, then now he's become a very good friend of mine. That's awesome. Yeah, I think so, I remember. I think I was following it even back to those those pretty early days. I remember you were doing mostly Doom in the beginning, and you know, Doom's a, Doom's a safe bet. I have a huge Doom piece that I made is. myself <laughs> hanging over my um my fireplace, and it's like, yeah, he's he's one of those wells that there seems to be almost no no it'll never go dry. People always want Doom stuff. They always want Wu Tang stuff. It's like Spider Man stuff like that. In Dan House, yeah, um, I did not know about Doomheads. Oh, you yeah. know people who just and i this is my friend derek who bought the first piece and he like i let me know i'm like well he showed me his collection i'm like oh my gosh and then i don't know if, if you follow frog boy the painter name yeah that guy's incredible by the way but and he is a, a doom head he bought the second one that i made you know he goes would you make another and i said yeah and then uh, it's uh it's opened my eyes to little niches my friend uh evolution toys he's a toy uh, dealer he sells uh um you know, sells toys gets a lot of the newer stuff but has a shop and he says spider-man is the number one selling toy always anything yeah. with spider-man that's the one so that's another safe bet yeah kids absolutely always love spider-man it's like this yeah. never it's like and the kids are buying most of this it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it sometimes but the kids i guess are buying most of this stuff you know yeah but uh Hey, can't hate on Spider-Man. It's uh oh no, I, I need to incorporate it more. <laughs> yeah, I, I think too, you're probably in a good position because I'm I'm I have no inside knowledge on this, but I'm willing to bet Doom, especially now that they had to kind of move out Marvel had to move out of the Jonathan Majors business because of what happened with him with Kang. Yeah. And so I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're pivoting to Doom now. And that's I just hope be. they do it right. That's all yeah. I hope is they do it right. No. Have you been following the films? Because I've sort of I haven't watched Loki. I watched a little bit of Loki. I, I no, think I, I thought it was I, I, tonight. I, I just fell, off. fell off. Me too. It I enjoyed just... the Marvels, but like I it was forgettable after it left. I was like, it didn't give me the if that was like the fifth movie they put out, I would have been the best movie I've ever seen. But now that it's 105th, it's like the bloom is unfortunately a little off. No matter how many edibles I take, the bloom's a little bit off the rose. The last one I saw was the uh, Black Panther two, Wakanda Forever. Yeah, that was that was and good. Then, yeah, it was good. And but then after that, I'm just like, I didn't, I didn't watch the Loki. I didn't watch any of the series. Um, I think I watched, I did watch uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. And uh, gosh, I think that was it. I, then I'm like, I'm interested. You know, it's a fun one to watch, and that's not really a time of the season. But they made a one off of Werewolf by Night. And it's kind oh, of just I little, did watch that. Yeah, that was that was excellent. Yeah. Dude, when Man Thing showed up, he's like one of my favorite I characters. Yeah. I was like, oh. And yeah, the one too, the Guardians Christmas special in Guardians 3. Guardians 3, I was in tears before the credits rolled in the beginning. It was like I have not I, watched that. That's an isn't an, it's a really excellent movie. It's okay, like it's, it's, it's um, but yeah, it got me right in everywhere. Like it was, yeah. but you know that was like that, but that's what I grew to, to love out of the Marvel movies. That it, I mean, I grew up on Marvel. I'm guessing you did as well. Um, Definitely. How like for me, it, Infinity Gauntlet when that came out when I was a kid, that was everything. So like, what what was it for you? Like, what really got you into Marvel? Uh, my brothers. Um, when uh, I remember, I'm the youngest of five kids, and whenever we'd have to travel any sort of distance, my parents would buy each of us a comic book. I remember we're going to 7-Eleven and going on the rack. We get to pick a book. Spinner racks. And, uh, yeah. And so then uh, we get the books and my brothers would always buy the Hulk. And so then I got into the Hulk and that's been my favorite character, you know, growing up, just collected the Hulk comic books. It's, I tell people the story. I remember I was so mad when I had to pay $12 for my first Hulk 181. I'm like, why is it $12? <laughs> 
That, that's the first um, appearance of Wolverine, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Twelve dollars <laughs> would be a real good bargain, or that would be in uh, real bad shape now for twelve. Oh, you can you can get a page for twelve dollars. Um, it's because now, um, I mean, that was back in like early eighty, like eighty one or eighty two, because all the other books were uh one and two dollars, maybe three dollars. Yeah. And then I'm getting, you know, I remember buying one fifty one, one fifty two, one sixty, one seventy. No, no, one eighty one, twelve. I'm like, oh, I gotta yeah. save up for this. And back then too, there weren't like um uh the collector's market really wasn't what it is now because that was even before the crash. Like, it sort of crashed oh, no. like when the when the um the the baseball card market crashed and all that stuff. But yeah. um yeah, those those comics, if you have them from that era, it's like I was from the era after that who was buying like the super, Death of Supermans and like yeah. X Men number one 55 times with different variant chromosome you know trading card covers with holograms yeah. yeah i got a lot of those anybody want to buy them um hit me up someone <laughs> 79 <laughs> yeah that was one where they printed like five million of each one of those and everyone bought 20 issues and bagged and bored them and put them in a box yeah that box for me is actually sitting right behind my computer <laughs> <laughs> but I, collected... now, I mean they're still a fun thing but those are still fun now it, it is i am um, a few years ago just because i think i was bored with life i collected all of the flash run it's like 200 and something issues from like the 80s and like oh, wow. I got the entire thing over the course of like a year. Just like they're not like not all are great in conditions. The key issues are pretty in good condition. But like I'm like, yeah. I'm gonna sit down and read all these ones. I got to like issue four and then I just forgot about it until I started this sentence. So oh wow. <laughs> but we'll get back to that. <laughs> How much were those ones like getting back to the number four? Were those getting expensive or just no, not available? It was like the it was the flash that started in the 80s. So it was yeah. like so it was um they were all relatively cheap. There's a couple of I think key cat flash books, I think were their first like reverse flash or whatever that was, I had to pay a little uh, money for, but like you know. Yeah. So look for those on eBay at some point. <laughs> I'm Just in the mode video, of getting rid of stuff. <laughs> your video keeps freezing. Am I freezing? You did once, yeah. Okay. Okay. So hopefully it doesn't get me. any worse than that. Yeah. I am though, there is a win there's a big winter storm hitting my area, like starting like very soon that there weren't uh, could be lots of power outages so hopefully that's uh, not gotcha. you know i'm really really thinking ahead of these things you're yeah. you're in southern california right yeah i'm in san diego say did you did i see a bunch of skateboard pictures from you yeah i was a sponsored skater back in the 80s <laughs> wow what so do you, do you, you want to talk about that a little bit <laughs> uh yeah i mean that was such a fun part of my life just um i just Got into skateboarding when I was very young and like in the 70s, but then got out of it. And uh, it's like Dogtown and Z Boys type stuff. Yeah. And, uh, but I mean, I was just into it. I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. And then I uh, got back into it in uh, high school and I just wanted to start skating, having fun. And then me and my friends started building little ramps and skating more and more. And then uh, all of a sudden, some pros started coming over to the ramps. And I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. And so, like dudes uh, you saw in Thrasher magazine, what? Like dudes you saw in Thrasher magazine, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, totally. And uh, so then they started coming over, and then uh, you know, because if I it was my ramp, so then they said, "Hey, we're gonna go skate a pool. Do you want to skate with us?" I said, "Yeah." And I don't. Uh, are you familiar with Tony Alva? Yeah, yeah. It was uh, people who skated for Alva. There was Dave oh, Duncan, wow. Eddie Radigue, um, uh, Daryl Delgado. All these pool skaters, they were like uh, the total like Hessians. They had dreadlocks. They were all just like gnarly guys, wore leather jackets because pool skating was underground and illegal. Right. You know, you can go skate ramps, but pools, you had to jump in someone's backyard. Do That was part of the fun of it. So they took me to a pool and I just loved it. I started skating with them more and more. 
And uh, and then all of a sudden one day they said, hey, we're going to go skate with Tony. And they met Tony Alva. And I'm like, oh, they're all and they're bringing Jay Adams. I don't know if you're familiar with yes. Jay Adams. Yes. Yeah. So they brought Jay Adams. I'm like, oh, so it's going to be me, my friend Daryl, Dave Duncan, Tony Alva and Jay Adams skating this full pipe. And it, this full pipe was gnarly. It was this thing where they would it was I think it was like 12 feet off the ground on a stand. And what the purpose of it was, they would put jet engines in this thing and blow it out. They would test jet engines in this thing. Holy shit. And so, you know, skaters find stuff no matter what, yeah. where it's at. And uh, so we went in there and we're skating in this thing. And I've never skated a full pipe in my life, you know, but I'm skating with these guys doing stuff. And so then, first of all, we're skating through there and just having fun. And then uh, it was just that it was a weird complex there was all this just weird stuff around there these big tall things and uh, whatever so you know you're skating for a while you get bored so me and jay adams first time i ever met him uh we go walking around we find these this big thing it's probably eight foot off the ground an i-beam that stretches across 20 feet hmm. and so me and jay adams are just walking back and forth on this i-beam and then we're like all right jump and do a 180 and so we're jumping doing a 180 just stupid stuff and then i'm yeah. like do a 360 and I think about them all. Here I am with one of the most legendary skaters, just you know, doing the most stupid stuff and having a good time. And so that was amazing. And then we go back to skating, and as we're skating there, and I was having a lot of fun. And Tony Alva tells me, he goes, "Dude, how long have you been riding this full pipe?" I'm all, "This is my first time in a full pipe ever." And he looks at Dave Duncan, he goes, "Give this kid some boards." <laughs> so funny. I was like, "What?" So then, I mean, that and that's how it all started. So then, I mean, then I got to skate with everybody. I mean, the guys that I like. Like Jay Adams was my friend, you know. Yeah. Tony Alva's my friend. Uh, all the guys that I saw in the magazines, like Christian Asoy invited me to his 21st birthday party. You know, I mean, it was, I mean, when I was like nine, I think I was 18, me and my friend went and stayed with Christian Asoy up in LA. And Christian was 19, so I was 18. You know, we were, you know, underage and we go into Hollywood. He walks up to the front of a line to a club, you know, a bar. Yeah. With two skateboards, just hands of skateboards to the uh, bouncers, and they're all, come on in, boys. I mean, he didn't get carded or nothing. It was oh just crazy God. time. So did it feel like, I mean, it's it feels like it's almost impossible that you could know at that point how much influence what was happening right in that area would have in the world. Because it's like, it feels like it's happened even exponentially and it's still happening. And like Tony Hawk is like the Babe Ruth of like, of like, of like skateboarding. He's, he's seen everywhere. And there are other and like yeah. names you're mentioning too. Like, did it feel to what degree, was it just another day at the office? Oh, no, it was, it was still underground back then. People didn't yeah. care. No one, you know, you did not get respected like, skaters do now where everyone's okay with it do they hated us and we liked it more that way yeah do you look back at the boards you were using back then and be like oh it's like it's, it's, sometimes i watch it what like like nba games from the 80s and i'm like how do they even walk without cracking their ankles do you look back at what you guys were using back then or is it has it not really i evolved? look back at it fondly because um i don't know if you know who chris miller is um name he, was sounds pro, familiar. he was a pro he's like one of the best skaters ever and he was my favorite skater back in the day and um he rode for uh first he rode for gns and then he rode for paul schmidt schmidt sticks and then he started his own company called planet earth and it was it was like i think it's around i was like 20 or something like that i was teaching uh helping teach at a skateboard camp there was a summer camp and so they hired me to help the kids skate and every day they had a pro come and skate with the kids and one day chris miller was set up to be there and i was like inside i'm geeking out i'm like i've never met him before i'm all dude this guy is my favorite 
And so then he comes and skates with the kids. And I know that he liked to skate Upland, which was a gnarly cement park up in uh up in uh the um Upland area. And I said, I'm well, hey, there's a pool down the street. You want to go skating? He goes, heck yeah. Because, uh, you know, skaters love to do that stuff. And so we went down there. We skated the pool. And then he goes, he goes, hey, here's my number. Call me if you have any more pools. I'm well, dude, I know where a ton of them are. Because I was skating with the Alva boys. And the Alva team knew where all the pools were. So I got to know. I mean, we, we skated like a hundred and something pools. You know, it was like crazy. And so then he, I started taking him skateboarding uh, different pools. And he tells me, he goes, hey, I'm uh, starting my own company. Would you like to skate for planet Earth? And I, inside, I was like freaking out. But I had to play cool. Mall. That'd be all right. Yeah. And he's. And this is about the time they started um, making those popsicle stick boards, which is all they have now. We, you know, they're called popsicle sticks. There's no shape. There's no nothing. Because the Alva boards were big. They had uh, tri-tails, weird cutouts, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, things were progressing down to that. But Chris sent me some boards and I said, dude, I wear size 13 feet. I mean, shoes. Me uh, these don't work for me. And he goes, design your own shape. So then I got to design my own shape with the graphic artist. And then he custom made my boards and they're huge. And I'll show you what's funny. Yeah. Is that the shape of it wow, is a big, big it's a, it was, I think it's 32 by 10. And so then he made these, but then a company made these. This is a drawing of my first picture in Thrasher magazine. Oh, wow. Pool. You had art so in Thrasher a... magazine? Oh, not art. They have photos of me skating. Oh, no shit. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, yeah. I, I was in magazines and videos, stuff like that. But uh, the funny story on that is uh, Dennis Martinez, who was the world champion skateboarder, yeah. He won the gold silver the silver cup or whatever. He he was the world champion in the 70s. And then he like lost everything. He was homeless living under a bridge uh cuz of drugs. Then he turned his life around. He's a pastor. He uh does uh he does um has a halfway home for people. And and I got to know him cuz I did a lot of video work back in the day too. Uh, a lot of media production. And he was we were filming all this stuff. Got to hang out with him. And uh, then he goes, Jody, I'm going to start a company. His his GNS board was called Flying Aces. It was Flying Aces, Dennis Martinez on GNS. He goes, I'm going to start my own skateboard company and call it GNS. I mean, call it Flying Aces. He goes, I want you to help me. I said, I'll help you out any way I can. And he, he said, he goes, yeah, let's give you a board. I said, I'm all, I, I don't deserve a board with my name on it. But um, I said, I'll do one about pools. That's that board on it, it says empty pools because mm-hmm. I didn't I don't I didn't want to have one, a Jody Rack one. I didn't want to do that. But the whole funny story is, is that my first picture in Thrasher magazine was for an article called 100 Pools. And it was a picture of me skating this uh, pool and they took a picture and it was a motel, but they changed the motel sign to say 100 Pools. So anyway, so that's, I think I was 19 years old. For my 21st birthday, uh, there was a guy named Guff. Guff designed all the boards for Alva in the 80s. He did all the artwork. And he, but he skated with us. So he drew a birthday card for me of this picture. He drew this and, uh, and gave me a birthday card. And I was, I kept it the whole time. And so when we were trying to figure it out and Dennis, all, what do you want to do for the board graphic? I said, well, let's do this graphic, you know, and we'll call it empty pools because it's from the hundred pools thing. And the cool thing about it is that it's an old school shape artwork done by the alva artist from the 80s and something that's currently out now so it's this cool whole retro thing that all 
falls together wow. in one place. So is that a one of one right there? Oh no, I got well. This one's special. It's zebra wood. It's a special yeah. laminate. I still have about like maybe ten of these boards. Wow, those are beautiful. Yeah, they're fun. How long? So when when you when you would find a pool back then, how long could you did you usually be able to use it for? Because you'd think that if you weren't supposed to be in there, people would catch on pretty fast. Yeah, sometimes an hour, <laughs> and sometimes you know it go for weeks. It was like it was you know some you know what we call permission pools. You find people with a backyard with an empty pool. And you talk to them and say, hey, we just want to skate, we, you know, and we'll say, we'll give you five bucks. We'll give you 10 bucks if we could skate, you know, yeah. and it, every situation is different. But like mostly uh, maybe you get one or two good sessions in it in a pool. And then like there, there are standard ones that we were able to skate all the time, which was very nice. But yeah, you'd find one and then you get in there and then it's gone. Yeah, I imagine it's like you think they disappear a lot. The pools must disappear faster than they appear. Because it's like oh, yeah. it takes it's it's a lot easier to get kicked out of a pool than it is for somebody to buy a pool, you know. And yeah, then the, not neighbor, use the neighbors, <laughs> the neighbors weren't happy when they, they hear all this commotion going. That's in what the I would think too. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of those areas are pretty packed together in Southern California. Yeah, you know, it's like wow, that's pretty wild. Oh yeah. So I, I've had gu- I've had guns pulled on me. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that some of that stuff. I'm sure, like you know. I, I I've seen Fletch and I know it was pretty seedy back around those days in the eighties. Um, what, uh, any oh, yeah. good stories you want to share? Is that all stuff you don't want to, um, um, like I said, like the one we were uh, in this one, it is up in LA and I remember we got in this pool and it was super slippery. And so then I had hard wheels on my board. So I was going to switch up my wheels really fast. There's some softer ones and you know, we're getting there ready to go. People are taking runs already. Then all of a sudden everyone just gets up and starts running and I'm watching them. And I see that. And I look up this way, and there's a guy with a gun right in my face. Oh, so I'm, my like, God. Yeah! I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and then, you know, been the a funny one was um we knew this one pool, and this this had to be like 90 or 91. And me and my friend Matt went to go empty out the rainwater because after it was after it rained, so you know, if you got to drain it always. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you have a bucket. And then what you do is you have a big gulp cup. When you get to the end, you just use a big gulp cup to f- scoop up little things to fill up the bucket. So I'm down at the bottom. I'm uh, doing the final scoops, and I hear this, come out of the pool. And I look up, and there's my friend getting cuffed by the cops. He's cuffed, oh. thrown against the wall. I'm like, ah. Oh. So the cop comes up. He goes, you boys are breaking the law. And he cuffs me, throws me against the wall, just being really rough. I'm not saying a word. I'm just, all right. Yeah. He goes, where's your ID? Well, it's in my back pocket. So he pulls out my ID, looks at my ID. He's looking at it. He goes, Royak, Jody Royak. You were the water boy for my high school football team, weren't you? I'm all, yes, I was. <laughs> Did he let us <laughs> Oh, my God. My I, had a, I had a very similar story that I actually don't want to share. <laughs> That's it's, it's When that happens, it really feels like a, a um, divine intervention. <laughs> Yes, because my brother played football, and so when I was a kid, I was a water boy for the team, and he remembered. I think because of my brother's name, but still, that was that was a nice way to get out of something. Yes, yes, Whew. get out of jail free card. That's awesome. Totally, literally. Um, so so I'm guessing you mentioned you were making your ramps back then. Were you making your own boards too? No, that's the whole different uh, whole other. That's like, oh my god, you got to have a hundred ton press. <laughs> I mean, oh. I, and I've been to the factories. I've looked into it. And it's, it's 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 you no way you can do. It. I mean, it's not all like like Marty McFly in the fifties and Back to the Future. <laughs> no, no. I mean, those were that's how it started. They just had wooden planks and they uh, glued on or screwed on wedge tapes uh, for kicks. You know. Yeah. But 
that's how Logan Ertzky started. But yeah, when they started getting into forming boards with laminates, that's when everything changed. I'm one of those people who I'm, I have to, I have to fall down. No matter what I'm doing, I have to fall down so many times in order to get good at something. And when I um, cracked my tailbone, dropping it on a ramp, that was the last time I decided I want to fall on the skateboard. I was like 21. I was already so, probably too old. <laughs> so you were, so you were leaning back. <laughs> I, you know what? I didn't, I didn't, it was, it was too long ago that I didn't have tape to review, but um, my, yeah. my other friend that I went with, um, he had to get knee surgery after that day. Um, so oh. Yeah, we were we were both doing well. Yeah, I have video of me breaking my wrist uh, uh, skating a ramp. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, how do you keep so? How do you keep getting up after stuff like that? And does that? I'm guessing that just sets you up for a life for a life of art. You have to keep getting up because there's always rejection and rejection. Is it all kind of tied <laughs> yeah. together? Well, when you know when you're younger, you can bounce off on that stuff. Uh, years later, this may be probably ten years ago now because I'm 54. And I think so. I was still in my 40s and I went and skated this park, a cement park, and I fell and I just wanted to cry. I'm like, oh my God, that hurts so bad. Great. I'm 44 and I already feel that way. So now I'm really looking forward to like 10 years from now. Yeah. So, uh, so, um, so yeah, I still roll around a little bit, but uh, not anymore. You know, I, everything has its chapter in life and that chapter's closed. But I, oh my gosh, I had some of the best times skateboarding. It was the best. Yeah. It seems too that with the advent of YouTube, um, I know this happened in like freestyle rap, which I was really big in back then, that like with YouTube, it seemed like the bar got raised really high, really fast because be able to oh. spread. Because it's like there was that thing. There was a Tony Hawk documentary about him hitting that move. I forget what it is now. The 900. Yeah, there you go. And then once he hit it, because people could see it happening, the other people could hit it as well, which is sort of a weird phenomenon. And yeah. it, with YouTube, it just blew up. Like skateboarding just got so much more complicated. Oh, dude! Like, and now there's little kids doing back-to-back 900s. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, and they're like 10 years old. I'm like, why? Tony Hawk worked his whole career to do this. This kid's all. I'm doing back-to-back. Like, oh it's wild. Gosh. And it's also not one of the. I, I feel like, how does somebody explain to you how to do something like? And maybe I'm just don't have that gene in me or whatever it is, the daredevil thing. Because someone's like, someone just goes, kick your legs back and go like this to do a backflip. And I'm like, well, this I could. You could say that a million times. I'm gonna. I'll be lucky if I don't end up in a wheelchair. Like, how but do you? It, it does. Do you learn? It does help because they there is there's and skateboarding, there is specific placement of a feet of your feet. If you say, hey, put your foot here. When you do this trick, it'll help you set up on the landing. And that stuff oh, okay. really works well. So, I mean, in skateboarding, I fully understand how that happens because someone helped me with a trick. And he, he said, do this. And I'm like, oh, then it clicks. So in things that, you know, like there's some things that, you know, maybe if you're not, you're not a backflipper, so that wouldn't mean, but maybe something you're into. What do you like yeah. to do? Oh, I like to do art because I, that's the stuff that like I can learn that stuff because I can make so many mistakes. I actually yeah. get good. <laughs> yeah, just... so people can give you tips and then you'll go, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just know my learning style and one that involves falling down numerous times is, is, is not my not my cup of tea. But Dude, I'm, I'm, in, I have... I'm in awe of some of my friends and their skateboarding. It's absolutely insane. It's I have failed at more things than most people even tried. I, <laughs> I mean, I'm that, right there with you. Yeah, everything, man. It's a, it's a, you know. So, 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 you the pieces you're doing now also wood. Um, I saw you've also done some furniture over the years. Was this like an evolution? How did you go from building ramps to like to building these wooden cutouts? Which, if you have one, I guess or in the background, I see the spider, the, the dual headed Spider Man, Black Spidey. Yeah. Oh, well, I have um. Uh, my black light, Doctor Strange. That's beautiful. Yes. You see the pieces. So what that is that is plywood is it the right term or what are you what are you using? This is uh, MDF. 
medium okay. density fiberboard. Okay, yeah, that real, makes sense. It's a really smooth surface. And what's funny is that it all stems from uh, cutting out transitions on ramps because we oh, use yeah. jigsaws. And that's how I learned to, you know, cut shapes my first time. And that's it. Now I do this. So, yeah, it's all it's all a straight curvy wooded line, I guess. Like, yeah, I mean, it's so, just, you know, it's a, go ahead. Uh, so, so learning that stuff back then, I mean, there was no internet, obviously, and it, there wasn't like a, a, my local library didn't have how to build a skateboard ramp. Was that all just no. knowledge passed on? Yeah, knowledge passed on and trial and error. Wow. You know, you, you, I mean, you under, basically understand about uh, what a transition is. And, you know, when someone figures out, you know, you lay out your plywood and you nail one two by four over here and then you add, add a pencil to the other end and you rotate it, it gives you the perfect transition. You're like, oh. Oh my gosh, that's perfect. And then you just frame it out and then uh you skate it for a little bit till it breaks and you fix it. Wow. I just I can't I mean to be able to take that so far is is, is amazing. It's just it's such a and now they're, they're doing skateboarding in the Olympics, I think, soon, aren't they? Yeah, it's 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 huge. It's it's, it's gigantic. Yeah. Yeah. Great time to be alive. Um Definitely. so in terms of your art, uh do you are you do mostly uh, Marvel stuff? Do you have a, there you're not really a DC guy? Yeah, I'm I've like Marvel my whole life and only read a few DC things. I've done a few DC pieces. I've done Batman, Darkseid, and Clayface. Uh so but also a lot of my stuff is orders and a lot of people don't order from the DC universe. Yeah, I've always been more of a Marvel fan. I've always related to the characters that have the flaws and the the flawed characters of Marvel more than like the god characters of um of uh, DC. Yeah, yeah. I think my but favorite think DC that... characters like Batgirl and Flash, but you know. Yeah, I was say I think that's why Batman is so loved though because he's not a god like character. Yeah, and he's just someone who's determined. Just a rich guy with a drinking problem and probably too many concussions. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember what your favorite? Uh, you mentioned Hulk before, but um, did you keep up over the years with with Marvel? Or I mean, I, I was one of those fans who went in and out. I mean, this whole periods I didn't read, but then when I did read, I was super into it. Is it something you've kept up with? Or no, I did not keep up with any of the current stuff. Um, I honestly probably I haven't picked up a new comic book in twenty years. Just because I I didn't like when they started doing um computer art. Oh, yeah, it I mean, was really rough around that period, too. That Some of that stuff is really janky looking in hindsight. And, they, you know, they thought, oh, well, we can color in Photoshop. It'll look amazing. And that's when they lost me. I'm all, that looks like crap. I don't I don't like that look and that style. Yeah. It, eventually, they got to a point where the coloring in the Photoshop was good enough to look like the way they used to do it. And then I guess it's good enough. But, like, it took a long time. And I don't read yeah. a lot of modern comics. I don't read a lot of comics in general. I just don't have the time or make the time, I guess. But, yeah, so I still love just looking through old stuff, and it's like the best. Yeah, 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 and it definitely takes you back. It just has that that era too. Was it seems it seems so simple now, and it's it's the Silver Age it has really is, held up more than I think the Golden Age of comics has. I definitely agree with that, and like I love like looking back at Jack Kirby stuff. I just fall in love with it more and more. And I mean, I'm I got to meet him four or five times, and he was just such oh, the amazing. coolest nicest man i mean I, he I, to this day i still have he gave me his home address he oh, goes wow. here kid write me if you have anything he wrote it on this comic-con flyer in 82 i have it framed now i'm just like Holy oh. shit. i have a book yeah. that was his that his um his grandson gave me when i really? bought some art from it was like a um like a pulp book from like maybe the 40s or 50s of like science fiction. You, you, some, you got some of his art 
No, this I bought like prints. I don't have any originals, oh, but I bought yeah. some some really cool like prints that is his his grandson's really keeping the legacy alive. Um, yeah. And uh, but yeah, Jack, what was it like meeting Jack? I mean, for those that don't know, he's the king of you know, he was half the stuff that Stan Lee gets credit for, Jack Kirby should get credit for. Um, yeah, it's probably the simplest way to put it. It was, you know, it was it was nice. It was like it wasn't like in Comic Cons nowadays, we have to wait in line for five hours, pay a hundred bucks to meet someone. Yeah. Back then you just walk up, hey, how you doing? Hey, it's nice to meet you. Mo, hey, what are you doing with this? He goes, Yeah, kid, well, that's kind of a fun thing. And he was so personable, which was incredible. Just and like I said, he gave me his address. He goes, Here, kid, you have anything you want to talk about? Here, write me. And I was freaking out. I'm all there's no way I'll ever write him. I can't do that. <laughs> so did you? Never. No. <laughs> That's funny because right in front of me, I have a letter from Steve Ditko that I wrote. I I heard that if you wrote him, he wrote you back. And like, so I just wrote him one day, like 10 years ago. I wrote him like, you know, here's a, what's a piece of advice. I something like, like, what's a piece of advice I can hang over my thing to keep me inspired. And he wrote me something back and it's been framed there ever since. I got it back in like two weeks. And he's obviously with us. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, and he's um obviously a big, you know, he's a he's an interesting personality. He's creator of Doctor Strange and Spider-Man for those who don't know. Um yeah. I'm sure many others, but that that era of 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 comic artists. And I heard stories too about Jack Kirby's generosity where he would give kids like these like Thor pages that are gorgeous and they'd be walking out of Comic-Con and Jack's wife would be like, "No, no, sorry." Yeah. Can you imagine? Oh my I know. god. Well, he probably should have been to fight to get those pages back anyway from Marvel, but you know, that's Yeah. It. Yeah. I mean, I've I've been going to uh, San Diego Comic-Con for so long. I mean, I have a Polaroid of me and Stan Lee when he was just walking around. Oh, hey, Stan, can I take a picture? Yeah, sure, kid. (laughs) We took a picture. He signed it. Oh, my God. Do you still go now? Oh, yeah. Wow. How's what? Well, what? Um, obviously, do you prefer? Do you, do you prefer what? Do you wish it was like what it was back then? I mean, obviously, like being able to meet guys like Stan Lee just saying hello, it's kind of tough to beat that. Well, it's just it's just different. It's more of a big giant um, promotion. Yeah, you know nowadays, and I mean, but it is what it is. And there's still sections that are comic books, but it's just the best people watching on the planet. Imagine. And I met um, my favorite thing. I mean, meeting all those people has been incredible. I'm so thankful. Uh, like I got to meet Bernie Wrightson before he passed, and he was one of my favorite artists, and he uh, signed a piece for me. So I'm very thankful about that. But I think probably one of my coolest experiences at Comic-Con is the camaraderie between this uh, whole uh, group. And I was walking down the aisle and I saw this little kid. He was probably 11 or 12 in a homemade stormtrooper costume. I mean, it was cardboard. It was taped together, but he did and he's wearing it. And I'm all that is so rad. But he's coming down this way and over on this way, right at the corner. There are two guys in real stormtrooper costumes. <laughs> And in my mind, I'm all, if you guys make fun of this kid, I'm going to knock you both out. You know, right. there's just don't do that. And so yeah. the, I'm watching it. And the kid comes walking by and both the guys on cue stand up, salute the kid and say, commander. And the, and the kid like puffed up a little bit more. I'm all, that is why this is awesome. Yeah, that's beautiful. 
And I, I've been like Boston so Comic Cons cool. and stuff, and I've seen little like little interactions. Like I don't think any stories I could recount as, as perfect as that. But like it is beautiful. It is some, especially for people like for me. You know, I wasn't cool enough to skateboard. I was just you know chubby and like comic books and hip hop. So it's like I was being made fun. <laughs> when I go to Comic Cons now and I see like these like eighteen year old girls dressed as like Deadpool, I'm like, where were you when I was eighteen? Exactly. <laughs> you know, like what happened to the world? <laughs> like, oh, dude, I was I was. Made fun of in school because I was into it back in high school. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to Comic Con. Oh, you nerd! I'm all, yep, that's me. Yeah, like what were those people into? Like, I mean, there was like, it was like Dukes of Hazard. Like, in football? I, I like, think they were jocks and football players and just like you know hanging out in pool parties back then. I don't, you know, I have no yeah. idea. I wasn't part of that. Yeah, I guess I don't really know what people were doing that they didn't invite me to during my high school. I have no clue. I still haven't figured it out yet. Um, I plus should ask high, now people those people buy art off me. It's very weird. <laughs> yeah, plus in in high school, I was five feet tall, weighed 100 pounds. I was like tiny. <laughs> wow. I was like 250 and like six foot, but like I think I felt smaller than that. <laughs> uh, good times, good times. Yeah. So like your art career, where how'd that come about? Like how did that go from being, you know, making ramps to be doing this full time? I mean, I guess it's a big question, but um, you know, uh, like most of us were drawing our my whole life, you know, always drawing and uh, doing stuff and going to Comic-Con and talking to artists. I mean, me and Rob Liefeld used to walk around Comic-Con together and we were 14 years old. Wow. And, you know, and I mean, I have drawings from him from back then. And when he was going around trying to do stuff and he really pursued it and I didn't pursue it as much, but I was always drawing and just doing different things. And I got into skateboarding and that wasn't, you know, that was, I did that heavily for maybe like, seven eight years just skating every day and then you know things went by and then i've gotten to stuff i got into uh media production work for hbo showtime usa networks capital records did photography worked for some magazines and then i uh, started doing stuff and one thing that i uh another part of my life is um i don't know if you ever seen me talk about this blink the i looked this up today i was going to ask you about this yeah picture hangers I uh, invented picture hangers because hanging pictures sucks. You look yes. at your wall behind you. you know I have tons of those three M command strips, and they, and they do not. While they do they hold suck. stuff up nice, they they don't come off nice all the time. Yeah, they and they and they do fail because like in this business, three M gets over. I think it was eight hundred calls a day about failures of their product. You know, in this industry, I've got to learn this. <laughs> I never and thought I, to call so, and yell at them. I just do that. Yeah. And so, like, this is a product that I came up with called Blink Picture Hangers. Yep. And it really is. I'm proud it's not a trick or a gimmick. It's a better way to hang pictures. My tagline is we take the anger out of hanger. <laughs> That's great. And I did something. So if you wanted to say something, if you go to blinkhangers.net, it's not com, but blinkhangers.net. And if you put in the code SOMA, mm -hmm. you'll get 25% off your order. Excellent. I'll your, put that for, in I'll put that in the description stuff too. Yeah. Thank you very much. And it's just so that's another thing. It's like everything though about me involves creativity that's what i love about it is like yeah. all my stuff that's brought me to where i'm at now has uh been a creative process and like we're we are creative people and to be able to do this full time and it's just i'm blessed beyond anything i deserve and i'm so thankful for the love and support i get it blows me away do you remember the moment when you realized it was going to become full-time or like when like a turning point where you're like this is really going to be it yeah when uh I didn't have time to do anything else. That's 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 nice. 
Yeah. When I'm like, oh yeah, I got, oh, I got this, I got this, I got this. And it just, it snowballed. I remember um, last year I had to cut off orders for Christmas in October. Wow. Just because like there was so much stuff coming in. I'm just like, I can't, I can't, I, I'm sorry. But I, I, you know, if you want to get it by Christmas, I can't do it. And then yeah. people go, no, I don't care afterwards, you know? So yeah. Yeah. What is the general like turnaround time? I mean, I'm assuming that, you know, like how long does it take you to make one of those, those, the, um, the cutout pieces? All depends if, if they're oh, flat, yeah, if they're the, layered. You did the one of um, what's one of the not like one of the um the uh, I can't think of the name of like the Guardians of the Galaxy, the um the Eternals, Eternity. Eternity, Eternity. That's what it is. I kept thinking that, but I didn't say it. Yeah, that was that beautiful. one took that one took forever. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, that one I've made two of those, and after I did the first one, I said I'll never make another one. And then someone goes, "I want one," and I yeah. told him what it would cost, and he goes, "Okay, I'm all ah." <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that so if you see behind me this gambit piece that i made this oh, yeah. is um it's three feet by three feet and it's it's um all decoupage so there's a real there's a real um pack of playing cards or a couple of them and then oh, i crap. actually yeah i actually cut up little pieces of gambit comics like his colors and then i made the whole thing of him out of little cutouts and it took me like dude, 60 hours dude that's rad thanks i have another one of like you can't really see it over there but it's of the marvel cinematic universe and has 3d glasses but like at, when i was done i was like my hand was like it was like falling on itself I, like i'd love <laughs> to be making those all the time but i physically like i physically i had to learn how to draw left-handed because i messed up my hand so bad doing <laughs> stuff like that so now i can draw with my left hand which is dope um but like Do you sell a lot of art I, you know what I used to, and then I just said, fuck it. I don't want to anymore. And like, cause I, I have, a, I have a really, my career is, is cool. I love my job. I have a regular day-to-day -day job that I love and I work from home and it's like, for me to, to move into trying and do it full time, I would have to, it would be a big roll of the dice for me. And I just don't want to take yeah. it, you know? Yeah. And I just enjoy doing it and sharing it with people. And I give a lot of it away and I don't take commissions anymore. Cause it just was kind of like, the, I, I would end up drawing too many people's like dead dogs and dead cats. That's what I got all the oh. time. It, it was, it's kind of, I can be a little, it's like, so it was, so I just kind of just, I just do my music and I do whatever I want to do and take it from there. But Hey, that's, if you can do what you want to do, that's the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I, if my career ever disappeared, I might take a real um shot at it, but um, you know, it's like, I got to buy a really cool drum machine this this week that I was super 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 excited about. So it's like you know that makes me nice. <laughs> um, That's awesome, man. Yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty pumped. It's just I it's it's weird like being at that point in the life where you just, I still have my um my action figures from when I was a kid like on the wall of my office. And some days I look at those and I'm like, is it a good thing or a bad thing that like my tub toy that was like a flash action figure from '84 is still with me? And I just haven't. That's come up a with great this. thing. I I'll, I'll, a, I appreciate that. <laughs> I know I do. I love old toys, man. I like. I have my old Shogun Warriors from the seventies and Micronauts Ooh. and stuff like that. Wow. So you were. So how did? So I'm guessing you didn't have the parents throwing stuff away that a lot of people. Um, no, because uh, there's too many stuff? kids and like you know stuff had to last. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So do you do you have all? Is, you were so the youngest. I lost you said, the audio right? on you right now. Oh no. Um, is it hopefully coming back? Can you hear me? Everything's frozen. Oh no. Okay, there you are. Now oh, good. You. Okay, cool. Um, did you 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 said you're the youngest of five? Yes. So you were the last one in line. So hopefully you got to be the one to save keep that stuff. Exactly. That's awesome. What yeah, um I got 
so much stuff too much almost <laughs> yeah it's tough to know what to do with that stuff because i um i have all the atari 2600 games from back in the day oh, so good yeah and then like i started looking some of those up on ebay i'm like who is paying these prices and and then you're like this is a real part of my childhood but i'm like someone will pay 40 bucks for this little cartridge and i'll never play again it's like it's so tempting yeah. you're just like you know yeah n- nostalgia has a very uh a very expensive price tag right and i remember laughing when i was a kid about my grandmother who used to buy all these hummel figurines that she thought was going to yeah. be worth like and i was just like eventually i i wonder if you know i think we're all banking everybody who's buying stuff to sell it later like is all banking on the popularity of these characters like staying popular forever and it's like mm-hmm. i mean i think eventually you know when we're 90 there may not be the kids with the disposable income who care about spider-man as much anymore or like i don't know we'll see it'll be interesting yeah you have no idea what the future is going to hold but it's now but that's uh, vintage stuff is very popular man like it it's, it's crazy it is it really is so and it's funny too i think i think you know we you were you were assuming around the time where the comics you were collecting did increase in value i was at the time where the market sort of crashed but it's funny to see how people saved the wrong stuff from my generation they saved their baseball <laughs> cards and their comics they got like you see like even old like um old video games are worth a lot like a friend of mine yeah. found like an old unopened john madden football game from the 90s looks it up it was worth several thousand dollars and it's like no one thought like everybody knew they're supposed to save something but they saved the wrong shit you know yeah totally and that's why there's value because no one saved it you know yeah that's why because there's like those uh that x-men one that jim lee did there's 10 million of those things you know (laughs) and there's still i still hear every once in a while my friends who don't like keep up with the stuff but kept like their old comics like all right i'm gonna go down to the comic store and cash in and i'm like you know let me know how that goes (laughs) yeah so like you're gonna like i have this this um you know todd mcfarland spider-man number one like you know platinum edition and be like yeah, yeah put it in the fire the rest of them they'll give you they get offered like a quarter of book nowadays <laughs> yeah i know it's 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 why i don't every time i walk by a comic book store i don't understand how they stay in business like i start just doing the math of how much the average transaction must be how few people i see in there when i'm in there and i'm i, I feel like they all must be fronts for something i don't i don't get how any of it works but <laughs> But people still buy books today. What is a comic book now? Like four or five dollars? I haven't it's bought a new book. Yeah. I mean, uh, and, but people still buy a lot of books. I mean, they wouldn't be making it if people weren't buying them. Yeah, that's true. And it's like the thing is, you know, if Marvel could get rid of the comics, they probably would because that's probably the biggest pain in the ass of their entire business model is keeping these comics going and these tight production schedules and these finicky fans and like you know i'm sure if they could only make movies i mean they must make so much more money from the movies and, and the merchandise than they do from the comics doesn't, doesn't seem like they're making money lately though. <laughs> i know that marvel's one that really took a hammering but like it's the, the i think people underestimate just how much the strike had to do with how how totally because i didn't even know that movie was coming until it came out but yeah. that doesn't mean the next one will flop i don't even know what the next one is yeah i don't either it's uh yeah, there is something where you kind of get burned out at a certain point where you just can't keep track of like, you know, we're we're sort of um, we're all like basically monkeys, advanced monkeys who are designed to remember like the, like 80 people in a village. Like that's all our brains can handle. And at a certain <laughs> point, the Marvel Universe gets too big and I can't remember everybody in their village. And I'm just like, all right, well, you just guys do whatever you want. I'm going to go chill in my own hut, you know. 
Yeah, I think they're just trying to put out too much stuff and you can't put out the good quality every time. You know, you have right. to take time to put together something that's good instead of just pumping things out. Or even if it is good quality, it's hard to appreciate it when there's that much of it. And it's like you it's like there could I think there could be something good to some of these movies. But people don't even go back and look at them a second time anymore. They're just disposable. They're just like, yeah, you know, it's like whatever. But it's disposable. Like when I was a hundred million dollars. When I was a kid, I, I was just talking about this over the holiday season. When I was a kid, we would find out when the Rudolph and all the Santa Claus Christmas specials were going to come on TV. And we would plan everything around that. It was yeah. like Friday night, Rudolph is on 7 o'clock. We are here. And they and showed now, it like once. Yeah. And now there's like everything is on demand. You can watch anything you want. And it's not even appealing anymore because yeah. there's nothing special about it. And like you said, it's just too much. And just like there's something need to be limited and to make you appreciate it. I think we're I think especially at the cultural moment right now, I think people are finally hitting that moment where you realize that even people who you would think are super successful, they're not getting traction anymore. There's too much of everything. And it's like I always yeah. point to like the Kendrick Lamar album that people waited years and years and years for that finally came out last year. People loved it for five minutes and nobody talks about it. I'm sure some people are still. But it's like yeah. even these things we're really excited about. They don't. We just nothing's worth anything anymore. It's like that's what people he, have no. They have no attention span. Right, right. And that's why too for like with what you're doing, it's so handcrafted. And so it's like that's where I think we've gone from super mass production to super limited production. And that's where having those skills again really matters to people because it's like I don't want to put stuff on my wall from Amazon. You know, I'd rather have it be done from somebody who does it with care and. And talent and precision and does an amazing job you know yeah i'm i'm blown away at the support i get i, I don't understand but i'm very thankful so how quickly did that happen because i think i i want to remember that when i looked at you last year you maybe had like ten thousand instagram followers and now you're at like 20 or something desire does it happen that quickly or yeah like... um uh yeah it you know it's like a weird you know you Everyone on Instagram, they want to get to that thousand first one, you know? Yeah. yeah That's yeah. going to show something. I got a thousand. I'm, well, I'm just short of 3,000 right now. I'm at like five shorts. If anyone wants to jump on, I could use a little help, but never mind. Go yeah. <laughs> get up there. Get up there. And the next thing is like, you know, like your first thousand probably took a long time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you get the first thousand, then you get your second, and this, you know, your work coming up on your third. And then, then you know, then it's five. You know, oh, can yeah. I get to five? And I, I don't remember. I think it was, I was even around, two when i did that first doom that wow. got got connected and then it ex exploded and then um i remember i did an mf doom piece and that went viral that might that, have been where i found you because i'm a huge mf doom fan then yeah and uh that thing i think the video got over 1.5 million views on instagram wow. and it got me it that gained me like five thousand followers so does that, which did that like, how did that change your day to day when something like that happens? Where like, is your inbox just flooded and you're just like, how do I respond to this? Or is it just, is it all great? It, you... it was, it was, you know what? It wasn't flooded. You would think that you'd get a lot, but I mean, there was, there was a lot of response from that, but it wasn't thousands, you know, yeah. maybe other people get that. I got, I got 20, 30 and I got a lot of orders, but I mean, you take, it takes a lot of eyes on something for people that want to buy it and what was cool is um yes, excellent uh czar czarface wrote me and he <laughs> esoteric yeah my man yeah i got a song with him on my new album that dude's like really that dude's like the, the the pope of out here everybody loves that dude yeah 
Yeah, I have a song and, with uh, him and Cool Keith and my man Aztec. Three, uh, four dude, of congrats. us. That's rad. Yeah, yeah. Drinking yeah, songs for I children. See. Songs. I actually doing. I'm doing a video for it. I might ask your advice on this. I'm actually building sets out of wood for. It. I'm doing like a Muppet style it's oh, slash right. digital animation video of like um esoteric and Cool Keith and all them for the thing. So that's yeah. hopefully be done midsummer. But yeah, it was cool because um he was at San Diego Comic Con and I saw he was gonna be there. So I'm, I'm you know he I've been talking to the guy forever. Nicest and guy so, in the world. Yeah, and so we're waiting in line. I'm just waiting in line to go up there and everything. And then I'm standing there, and he goes, I know this guy. Like, what? He goes, what's up, man? I'm like, hey, how are you? Dude, that's one thing weird. I get recognized places. That's weird. Yeah, it's a weird feeling, isn't it? That is a trip. Like, people go, oh, dude, I follow you. I'm like, what? oh, wow, thank you. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That happened a little bit to me in my old small town, and I used to do, like, beer labels and people would ask me to sign them and i was just like this is that's awesome it's, it's just a weird feeling where you're just like okay yeah. I, you know and i think actually you know what was funny um once once it happened a few times i the, the brewery that i would do it for let's just shout out to them they're not even around anymore but it was ground effect brewing but they would see me on a date in there and they would send people over with the beer cans oh. asking them for and i was like Heck yeah i was like that's, that's awesome yeah, so shout out to them that unfortunately they're no longer here, but I guess they gave out too many of my signed cans. But yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, what? So so really? So was there? Were you already doing this full time when that happened? Um, no, that really. I was doing a lot. I was still doing a bunch of different things, and uh, but I think maybe around that time is when it just started, or maybe maybe it was a little before. I don't remember exactly. But it's been a couple of years now. We're just going full, full time. Yeah. Wow. And, and I wasn't, it wasn't, I was trying to do that, but it happened and I'm thankful. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really, that's a testament to someone who actually enjoys doing what they do. Cause that only happens if you enjoy doing what you do. Yeah. And it's, you know, everybody wants to buy from somebody who has passion for it. And that's, I mean, it's beautiful where you're just like, oh, this is my full-time job because it probably went from being like 10% of your life to 20% to 30% to 50%. Like, oh, this is like all of a sudden, that's awesome. Must have been a yeah. great thing. So I tell people, I mean, I get a lot of messages now from people saying, hey, how do you do this? What do you do? And I, and I tell people, I'm all, you got, don't follow trends. You know, yeah. it's not going to happen because that's going to change tomorrow. You know, if if it's going to happen, it's going to happen because you found your passion, you found your lane, and that's then it's going to happen. Yeah. Once a niche exists, especially these days, there isn't a whole lot of room for like um, a lot of people in that space. It's like yeah. it's and that's just sort of the way. And it's like, but you know, there's there's so many ideas out there. There's so many things that haven't been thought endless. yet. It's yeah. Endless. It, it really is. It's like people are finding new uses for old stuff, like left and right. Like I, there's this person I interviewed her a few times, Katie Newton, who's an upcycle um, fashion designer who just does amazing things out of just things that other people throw away. And it's just, you know, there's already enough crap on this planet. We might as well just reuse what we have. Heck yeah. Then it's, it's unique and even better. Yeah, yeah. So what for anybody who I and I really admire just how crisp your um you know, so I there's no way you can teach me over Zoom how to cut something that perfectly. But how did you get to a point where you could draw something that looks so similar? Like if you're a little off with um with some of these characters, there's a jankiness comes with it. I know I've been drawing it myself. It's like, but like how did you get that crisp where it just feels perfectly iconic? Was it just practice or yeah, practice and slow. Go slow. I tell it's not a race. Um, I get a lot of messages asking about what saw do I use? How do I do this? What do I cut with? And I tell everyone it's not the saw, it's the blade. You know, 
using yeah. scroll blades is the key to getting precision cuts and take your time. Don't try and rush it, you know, just, uh, you know, follow your line and, I, I can, I've been doing it long enough that I can just cut very quickly and easily follow the line, but it's like anything. I've been doing it forever, you know, right. for a very long time, but um, yeah, just take that time, follow the line and don't rush. Yeah. Are you, um, are you sketching everything out by like hand first or use, are you using any digital? Cause I had got some thrift store on um, paintings. I think I remember I showed you some of them a while back and I thought about doing something similar, what you were doing. I eventually painted over them um, for a tribute. So I need to get some more, but like, do you, I, the way I was planning on doing it was putting it up digitally in my Photoshop and drawing it in and then doing all that to really make sure it was perfect. Do you take through steps like that? Or is it, is it all? Sometimes um, I'll, um, the, the paintings that I've done, I've mocked things up in Photoshop to see how it's going to look. And then once I, if I like that, I see if I place this here, if it'll do here, then I'll do that. But, uh, so sometimes I do that, but just the cutouts, just, I'd look at, a, you know, find a piece, you know, like a, you know, you know, the Hulk head, you know, just draw yeah. that and cut it out. So you, so for those, are you drawing, are you drawing, just, you get the board and you're drawing it all on the board and that's the first time you draw it? No, I, I trace those. I use a projector. Oh, that's that's dope. Well, because I mean, like, I'm that I'm not trying to sense. make I'm not trying to make my art. People want Jack Kirby art, not Jody Roy. Right, 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 right. You know? Yeah, that's what I'm so saying. I want to be able to get it that perfectly. You know. Yeah, to get it to that, that's what I do. That because I'm I, I want I I make art that I want to hang up. That's I want to hang up Jack Kirby too. stuff. Yeah, and yeah. so then to do that, you know, because I tell them, yeah, I just trace it on there because you know I'm not I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. I'm trying to pay prop pay proper respect to the original. Yeah. What I like about your pieces is that they remind me of from the top left corner of comic books, like the faces that would appear like in that. Like that's, I think, what where it takes the connection. I think a lot of people make because it brings them right back to the covers. You know. Yeah. The the box, the corner box is like totally. Uh, uh, people have asked me about doing those. There's someone else who does those, and I'm all, you know, someone else is doing that. If you want to order one, order from him. I'm not going to try and take someone else's thing. You know. Yeah. 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 That is that's that's so dope. So anything exciting that you're working on now that um you got in the works? I um well it's cool. Like last year I retired all the pieces I was doing, like the Hulks and the Spider-Mans. Those designs, you know, I wanted to stop them all. It's not, you know, those aren't gonna go forever. So I have yeah. some uh a new Hulk design that I have uh, chose, a new Spider-Man. Uh, I'm doing my first Captain America, which is like Ooh. stupid why I have never done that. I love Cap. Yeah, and uh, um, I'm getting I did a cap a tattoo in a couple months. I'm getting a Captain oh, America nice. holding. I have a Wu Tang tattoo that's um empty. I'm getting Captain America holding Thor's hammer in the middle of it. Oh, rad! Yeah, but I'm getting like yellow and black colors, so it's like Wu Tang. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so um, I did a Cyclops uh for someone for Christmas, and that came out really cool. So that was fun. Did you how uh, did you do I, the beam? Did you like um? Do you have? The I, beam did, I didn't. Out? It just it's acrylic and then doing that because it was a rush for christmas yeah. now if i did another one i put leds behind it so it would glow That's that idea so cool i have an idea for another one that i'm going to start incorporating lights like some people i what's funny is like a lot of people like to send me links of other people doing the same kind of stuff you know cutouts and stuff like that yeah and uh some people they like to put led lights just behind it and have a glow i'm not a fan of that but if there's a reason for a light, I'm going to do it. And there's one piece coming out that I'm pretty excited about that. I'm going to put a light in that's going to be, it works for it. I can't wait to see it. 
So that's uh that's so yeah, I got some fun stuff planned out. So I'm very excited about that. That's awesome. So well, yeah. that's that's so dope. I mean, anything else you want to plug while we're here? Any uh any other uh, no. wisdom you want to drop or? Um, I just uh, like I said, for artists, um, it is not a race, man. For everything, you know, put in exactly. the time. It's artwork. The work and artwork is the work, and it, it's work. You know, you're not gonna. You have the biggest platform on the planet now for everyone to see your work. It is so easy to get it out there, but you got to do that. You know, so I tell art, um, show your work, go to shows, uh, support other artists, buy art, dude. It like the first time someone bought something for me blew my mind and it changed. So, I mean, I tell people if you can do it, order some, find someone on Instagram who's just starting buy a piece from them, dude, you don't know what you can do for their, uh, for their uh in for their um gosh i don't know what we're looking for yeah for their, uh, their confidence mindset. and right do you remember yeah, so what, do you, what is the story the first time you sold a piece of art you... um gosh i think uh the first art piece i sold was a painting back in the 90s and it was for um a salon and this lady uh i think i can picture it already <laughs> no no it's it was super it was super abstract it was like a black and white checkered abstract background of a cartoon of a woman washing someone's hair but in like like odd weird black light colors but the one before that though is the the funny part that uh and it was weird the first piece i ever made that was interested i cut out this huge thing out of uh plywood and it was a big circle i was i was cutting out and i it was probably a four foot diameter but then I had like these two weird angels, cherubs on it, statues that I found at a thrift store. And then I had an iron cross that I made out of molten lead in the middle. There's all this weird stuff. Dope. And my friend said, hey, well, can I hang that up in this uh, club for a little bit? I said, yeah, that's fine. And so I'm sitting there and I never thought about selling art. You know, it's, I just make stuff and I still just make stuff to this day. I still would. Yeah. And so... uh when we're at and we're at the club and people are liking it, he goes, "Oh, Jody, this is Mr. Johnson. He wants to know about the piece." I'm like, "Oh, what'd you like to know?" He goes, "How much?" And I, honestly, I'm all, "How like, much? How much t- time did it take? <laughs> like, am I, how much?" And he said, "He goes, he goes, no, how much to buy it?" And dude, I I was so not ready for that. I'm all, "Nothing's for sale," and I walked away. <laughs> yeah, it was so weird, and I didn't do anything. And I'm like, "Gosh, that's stupid." And here's the funny thing about that is I didn't want to sell anything for a while. And a friend of mine, he goes, you're a dick. I'm all, how am I a dick? He goes, dude, people want to spend their hard-earned money on a piece they want to hang in their house forever, yeah. and you're denying them? That's a that's a dick move. I'm like, wow, total dick. And so that changed my mind. So when people buy stuff, oh, dude, I'm, I mean, you know, I used to want to hold on to everything. I love yeah. having the thought of someone enjoying my time. It's because artwork is your time. That, yeah. You know, this is. You're buying their time hanging on your wall, which yeah, is so it's valuable. Time and, it's time and soul. It's, it's a mix yeah. of the two. Yep. And so, but you get to have that and enjoy it. And people do that with my stuff. I'm like, yeah. I wow. definitely, there was a phase where like, I was like, I don't want to give some, get rid of some of this stuff. Then eventually once yeah. it's gone, you're happy that it's, it's, it's like being oh, well loved somewhere. It's way better. I love it. First so piece thankful. I ever sold. Um, I did, I used to take old Ikea furniture that I was getting rid of, like, you know, like bookcases or whatever. And I would do pieces on that because I didn't want to just yeah. throw in a dumpster. And I did yeah. one in less than probably 15 minutes. And my girlfriend at the time sold it to a coworker for like $275. And I was just like, oh, this is interesting. And then that didn't happen <laughs> yeah, again dude. for a long time. 
but I was just like, it's that easy and it's that hard. <laughs> like, oh yeah, you know. Yep. It was a it's bit possible. of a false sincerity. Yeah, it's so, possible. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, that lady has since passed on. I just found out about so mm, you know, too bad. Sucks. And yeah, and the painting is probably in a trash can somewhere. <laughs> it's like, or maybe it someone got to... it and repainted it. <laughs> that, yeah, I know that is kind of funny to think how like um. When when you paint over something, as I did it the other day, I did have to when I did I did a painting for my girlfriend. Unfortunately, her cat passed away, and like as, as I said, that's what I don't do. That's the last painting. <laughs> the only painting I did last year was of the cat that passed away. It's like yeah, I always do have to check to make sure. All right, who is this person? Is this isn't some sort of a you know of a uh, famous piece of art that somehow snuck through? Like, do you ever have those? Do you do you always check before you go over one of those? Yeah, thrift I thrift? totally check, and I've never. I found some that are cool that I've set, I found this one bullfighter one. Just so I totally kept that. It's just an awesome one. But one of the most amazing things that I found is I love going to swap meets or you guys call them flea markets. Yep. And I found this suitcase and I opened up and it was full of pinup pencil drawings. Wow. And probably like 200 pieces. And it was by, and I looked it up and I'm all, how much? And he goes, I'm all, how much for the, drawings he goes 20 bucks i'm all a piece he goes no for the whole case i'm like oh my like God. original drawings yeah original drawings were they haunted <laughs> like, yeah, like but that's... no it's just incredible and then i looked it up it was a famous artist named willis it was a woman who drew him, and her name was willis smith she's known for oil wow. paintings and she was uh an advertising artist back in the east coast and just in and it's one of my favorite things on the planet i just have all these original drawings from the 40s and 50s that are just insane. it's wild what people will just get rid of for like nothing it's like it's yeah it's i mean because i just because i have like thousands of my drawings here and someday when whatever happens to me it's like it'll be interesting to see where they go like you know the museum yeah. or the dumpster it's it could yeah. be either you know 20 bucks for all of them <laughs> yeah or like you know when the asteroid comes it'll be floating around space if it um you know i guess if the entire shit doesn't burn yeah. up which it possibly going will. on forever I know it is weird that we do sort of I am getting more comfortable with the idea that these things aren't going to last forever that like that there is something about these current times where it does really feel like we're here and now and who knows how long this is all going to last for that wasn't something that I felt 20 or 30 years ago but it's definitely something I feel now and it makes me a little easier to give things up you know to yeah I, share I, things. I'm very very happy to see things go yeah yeah you get to a certain point in your life too where it's like i didn't get my first tattoo till i was i think 37 or 38 and i remember oh, when wow. i was a, when i was a kid they were like do you want this for the rest of your life and now it's like if i want this for half of my life and i'm like <laughs> and i've already i've already proved to other people i can do things it's like no one's gonna judge me by this decision so you yeah. know it's it's now i got a bunch of them you know but are you familiar late. with uh are you familiar with uh frank miller's ronin series i've seen like the covers and stuff um and i i know what it looks like wait a minute that is that the ronin of hawkeye no no, no. frank miller's ronin with the, the it was a dc run about a samurai i can picture the covers but i don't know this i know frank's work but i don't know that one my whole back is a tattoo of a panel of one of those in the that book oh really and i met i met frank he's a wild card <laughs> i met that pro i got this tattoo maybe 25 years ago uh and i met frank and i showed it to him and the cool thing he said, he goes, that is my favorite panel from the entire series. Wow. Oh, well, that was cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it's that like, cool he, little... he's an um, interesting dude. Um, I think, I don't know if I just saw him speak at a Comic-Con if I got a chance to meet him or not. But like he was, um, 
he's an he's an interesting dude. I'm glad he's still around. I know he had some health yeah, problems totally. for a while. Um, yeah, he was. People don't know he was responsible for for some of the most um, influential Batman work of all time, um, Daredevil work. Uh, I mean, stuff. Uh, Rowan and what we just said. Um, stuff I can't even like leave it up. Sin City. That's the one I was kind of searching for that everybody seems to love. And he did the first Wolverine miniseries. Oh yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah. Oh man, you you excited to see that now that we are getting um. Uh, did you at least hear what happened at the end of the Marvels, or do you care? Uh, I didn't hear. Um, uh, wait, did it? Was it Beast? Is that what? Yeah, I it was. It was my yeah. man, the guy that I'm a huge fan of, Fraser himself, Kelsey Grammer, ah. lending his voice back to the Beast. So now it's like we're at least open to the idea that all those X Men are on the table. I mean, obviously, oh, it was. Yeah, it wasn't. Hit, was it a CGI character? It, wasn't it was CGI. Yeah, oh, okay. Because I guess it came together really, really fast, and yeah. it was CGI. But look, it was it looked good. I mean, it looked better than I would say Colossus did in the Deadpool movie, which I think not even looked good. But it was like that was played for jokes, you know. But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, we're gonna get some new Wolverine news soon, and uh, I don't know. It's, Hopefully, it's, yeah, that stuff might get me back in the theaters. So yeah, definitely, I'll yeah. go see Deadpool. Yeah, me too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pretty excited about that actually. So come a long way since Green Lantern. Heck, oh gosh. <laughs> I remember someone I went to film school and someone I went to film school with was a producer in that movie. And I remember and they admitted it. Well, it was before it came out on Facebook. Oh. They were posting about it. And I'm like, I like Ryan Reynolds and I like Green Lantern, but something seems off about this. And then when it came yeah. out, they they were already talking sequel on Facebook before like it even came out. I'm like, that's usually not a good sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So Cool, man. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And um, def- I'm going to have your um, your social media stuff and all that on this the whole time. And um, I'll mention cool. in the thing, too, about the hangers. Yeah. 20% about off blink. blink hangers. Um, yeah, with the code, with the Soma. Uh, keyword SOMA. Yep, and check those out. So, all right. It's been a pleasure, man. Thank you so been much. A pleasure, too. I will Smith and Wesson. You cut it from the grassy. So underground, Nardwar wouldn't know what the fuck to ask me. I stick it in the stomach. Now let me hit the throat. She call me Mr. Drummond. So many different strokes. Your punchlines, Mr. Drummond. Audience, Mr. Jokes. To your family, return from visit, folks. Challenger, half lip Gallagher. Happy that I luckily sat next to her in algebra.
bro. I try to hold her down, but I just couldn't balance her between the million meetings that I keep in my calendar. Plus, odds aren't too sloppy that I know why my cell is blowing up, probably, but I should check just as well. Call the cops, see if I can get a hold and tell if that's copyrights, yell, raising hell inside the holding cell. Table we take charge. I got a style you can make large. Uh -huh. 